This is Soundtrack, a music podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life, because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kaya Lifty. Hey everybody, I'm here with Bethany Wanroy. How's it going? Good, great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So we've known each other for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you realize that. That's um, a long time. I remember we you actually called me because you were you called me because I was going to join as a leader. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so you were like I don't know, background information that you yes. needed to get that's or something. Right. Oh man. Yeah. And so part of the church that we both went to mm-hmm. and and then we met each other and yep. then so we had moments of you were working. I t- kind of was, but I was more volunteering. Yeah, that's right. But then we got to really get to hang out with mm-hmm. our mutual friends and and so on for for several years. And so, yeah, here we are. <laughs> People are going to be really surprised when they hear that conversation and how much I swear during this episode. They're going to be like, who the hell is this? What church do they go to? Yeah. So... I forgot to mention we're here in Grand Rapids. Yep. Uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful day. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Although it's supposed to get 90 here in it's a couple. It's going to be hot as shit. So <laughs> put on your sunscreen, folks. Yep. You especially. <laughs> <laughs> so you were born and raised here in Grand Rapids. Uh-huh. Uh, what was it like to be a part of GR oh, as boring. a kid? Really boring and uneventful. <laughs> So I grew up in this tiny little township that not a lot of people are aware of, kind of on the southeast side of town called Cutlerville, but I like to call it Cultureville um, (laughs) only because sarcastically, because they were like 99.9% white people who lived there. So yeah, it was super boring. Really had to create my own fun. Let's see. I grew up there and I went to Christian school pretty much my whole life. So again, super privileged, super uneventful, just crazy boring. So I don't think I've ever really asked this. Why do you stick around? <laughs> That's a great question. Well, I feel like as an adult, I really grew to appreciate Grand Rapids. And to be fair, I have left the city, Technically, yeah. yeah. The city of Metropolitan Grand Rapids at one point. But of all the cities that I've lived in, none feel like home as much as Grand Rapids does, which maybe is cliche because I've always lived here. But I don't know. I just love it. And all of my family is here. All of my friends are here. So yeah, I don't know why I would leave. Well, and I think Grand Rapids has changed so much. That's true. From when you were a kid. Yeah, that's right. And really getting out of that Cutlerville bubble has yeah. exponentially increased my love for the city. Thanks. So as a kid, you, as you stated, uh-huh. listened to shitty pop music. <laughs> yes, that's uh, right. <laughs> who are those artists and how did you, or why did you listen to those artists? To talk about the first question, who were the artists? So I listened to a lot of, I was obsessed with Ricky Martin. I don't know what it was that made me fall in love with that. It was something that I never heard before, like a Latin man, you know? singing these crazy songs that was wild to me and 
maybe that was my rebellious nature starting to listen to that. I don't really know that my parents knew how to handle me listening to, to that when I was like nine, but I just loved it. And like Britney Spears, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, all of those really terrible late nineties artists. Yeah. And I don't think that any of my friends were listening to that. Like we were in a very Christian reformed tight knit, yeah. you know, community sort of deal. So they were all listening to DC talk and, you know, all those like Christian artists. But I, I think I just, I w- did watch a lot of MTV when I was around that age. Cause both my sisters are a lot older than I am. So I would just watch MTV with them and see these people on TV and think, man, that shit's great. I think I want to listen to that. So that's probably where it came from. This was allowed in the well, house? Maybe, maybe not. But <laughs> like I said, my sisters were both a lot older than I was. And we sort of lived a free range kind of lifestyle where we were just home by ourselves. So we kind of did whatever we wanted to. Okay. I don't know. We watched a lot of stuff we were wildly not allowed to. <laughs> that went over well when it when you got caught um probably not (laughs) but again it was never me who took the blame for it because i'm the baby of the family so i was just you know you were too perfect i was too perfect or they kind of forgot about me so (laughs) (laughs) you also had some other music that was that you were listening to at that time Mm -hmm. from your mom Yes. As well. That's right. She was a big Jimmy Buffett fan in her younger days. So I spent a lot of that Saturday afternoons cleaning the house to Cheeseburger in Paradise. So I will never have that song not stuck in my head at certain points of time. Sort of like when you hear a commercial that, like an earworm that just comes up. It's Cheeseburger in Paradise for me, for better or for worse. And also a lot of like Disney soundtracks. Those were oh. those were a big deal. Also, like we had this giant six CD uh, CD player that we had mm-hmm. um, that weighed a million pounds. Yeah. But the Pocahontas soundtrack was always in there because I fucking loved that soundtrack. <laughs> oh, it was the best. So that yeah. was also like, spattered in there somewhere. Was there something about the film or was it the the, the music that was appealing it, about the, the it soundtrack? Prob- it was probably a little bit of both. Yeah. But I watched that movie so many times. I can't even tell you. But it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Despite, you know, whitewashing of Pocahontas. But right. it's Disney. So yeah. what else can you expect? Well, I think they've they've been doing a better job overall. Yeah, that's um, true. They've made know, Coco the, and yeah other. So, I mean, because Pixar is technically under Disney, right? So, Soul. I loved that movie. Yeah, but prior to recent, yeah, yeah, yeah not it, great. Oh, it's pretty bad. <laughs> in middle school, you continue to listen to pop mm-hmm. as well into high school. Yep, and. And then you were even listening to DC Talk. I was. I um, fell into the trap of DC Talk. Yeah. God damn that. What? What do you mean by a trap? <laughs> now I feel like I was in a trap. <laughs> it's they have catchy music. Yeah. It, I mean, Jars of Clay was a great album. Like mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. It's a great album. Yeah. 
let's talk about a, a I think a unique phase <laughs> your music yes. history. Yes. You were in so in high school. Uh-huh. Emo. Yep. Grunge. Yep. Heavy metal. I just from the time that I've known you that doesn't <laughs> seem like you. <laughs> no, and that's a fair assessment. Um it is that was a crazy time of life. Uh, yes, I. there was a brief period, I'd say maybe like a year or two, that I was really into like Evanescence. And there's a local band. They're not so local anymore, but they're from Grand Rapids, uh, La Dispute. And I was friends with a family member of one of the people in the band. And so I would go to the shows because I like... We were good friends, so I just yeah. wanted to hang out with her. But then I kind of found that I really enjoyed the music. But yeah, to say heavy metal is maybe a little bit of an overstatement. I would say, like, are they heavy metal? I don't know. I, I'm not familiar enough okay. to know what they're, where they're at. Debatable. But, but hard rock, maybe. Sure. Maybe, like, um, God, Joe would know this better than I would. Grunge metal, like grunge core. Is that a thing? I have no idea. I'm just making I'm sure it is. I'm just making awards now. I really I enjoyed them. The shows were like something I'd never been to in my whole life. Like that was hardcore. Hardcore. Okay. Hardcore. All right. Interesting. Okay. That I, seems like I, so vague. Just hardcore. Was there screaming? Yeah. 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 That's that kind of falls under there. Okay. Well, anyways, um, so yes, I was into hardcore for a brief period of time. I wore a lot of eyeliner. Like, I just really tried to fit in with the crowd there. But yes, when I fell out of love with hardcore was when I was at a Halloween show of Law Disputes, and I ended up on the outskirts of a mosh pit that had formed in this teeny tiny little venue, as all of those shows took place in somehow. And some big guy had like he didn't have a shirt on he was really sweaty because i mean how could you not be it was fucking so hot in there and you know of course with those like dive bars where there's just beer everywhere on the floor Mm -hmm. i'm i'm also like maybe 17 at this point in my life like i am not old by any stretch of the imagination i don't even know how the hell they let me into that place yeah i was i was gonna say was it through your it was probably through through my friend friend. yes it was probably through my friend yeah, I'm just standing there minding my own business, and this guy just rams into me, knocks me on the ground. So now I'm covered in like stale, sticky beer. And I said to myself, Bethany, what the hell are you doing? Like, I think I'm done. I think I'm done with the space of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. That was the end. Was this like a rebellious phase for you? Probably. It was, I was definitely trying to find where I fit in. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the classic high school story where right. like you have no idea who you are and you're just kind of trying on different hats to figure out what feels right. And so this was one of the hats that I chose to try on. And yeah. it's not for me. Yeah. Well we're like pretty identical in age. And mm-hmm. I just I remember in middle and high school some of these same like hardcore, mm-hmm. you know, screamo. The emo. Yeah. Emo is huge, huge during that time. Yep. And it was a very much to me as a, somebody that was looking at it from the outside. Mm-hmm. 
very much all about identity. Yeah. Yeah. For those particular individuals. Mm-hmm. Is that fair for, yeah, for you, totally. you think? Yeah, absolutely. That would really resonate with me at that age. Yeah. It's just so interesting that that was <laughs> what you were listening I, to. I was, I'm like, if you see a picture of me during that point in my life, I would be unrecognizable to you because I was like, I went real hard with the makeup and my hair was crazy. I went through a lot of different colors of hair during that point in my life. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh God. It was bad. I spent so much money on hair dye. <laughs> and coincidentally, I have not dyed my hair since then. I stopped real hard and fast. Yeah. Interesting. During this time, me without you mm-hmm. comes yes. in, and which is, I think a really, it makes sense yeah. because it's very similar in those same sounds mm-hmm. of, of artists that you were listening to. How did you come into listening to me without you? Yeah. Kind of during my emo phase, I became friends with a group of guys at my high school who they were really into me without you. So I started listening to them and I, kind of loved it like it was a really interesting unique sound like it was a little bit hardcore yeah but also like i really enjoyed the melody of the songs and the content of the lyrics were really interesting to me so especially that first album like that's kind of the only one that i really resonated with i know they put out a lot of stuff but it was really that first album that they did i can't remember what the name of it is a to b life yeah that one but I really enjoyed it. So, and it kind of stuck. Oh man, that's fascinating. I feel like, and we're going to talk about this because mm-hmm. lyrics are really important to you. Was there something about the lyrics that we're starting to hit yet? Or um, does that come later? It maybe comes a little bit later, but there was definitely something there where they're start where they're talking about kind of being, you know, lost you know, trying to figure out who they are, just talking about how disorienting that feels. And I think even just the sound of that album gives you that vibe that you're kind of unmoored a little bit, that you're kind of out there. Yeah. So. It's jilting. It is. Yeah. That's a great word. Yeah. It's like nothing I've ever heard before. No, it's so unique. Yeah. Have you seen them live by chance? I don't think I did. I know that they came to Grand Rapids a couple times, but I think that was before I really got into them. So no, I don't think I did. Okay. Because I think they went to Calvin once. Yes. Or something like that. That sounds about right. But yeah. If I did, I can't remember it. Yeah. Much. Then another mutual band that we we both appreciate that comes into your life as a high schooler, mm-hmm. Sleeping at Last. Yep. How did you come across that? How did I find out about them? I think, again, it was like that same group of friends that I was hanging out with. You remember James Kessel? Yeah. You're familiar? Yeah. So he and I were really good friends in high school and, you know, in college also. I think he introduced me to them. If I'm not mistaken, that sounds about right. So, and then I was just like hooked. I. Oh, Keep No Score is a quintessential album for me. Right. Like, so good. Yeah. What was so appealing 
to you about sleeping at last because mm-hmm. based on what your prior experience with it with music mm-hmm. this I, I mean it's kind of like me with IU it's something fresh and new yeah it was totally different than what I had been listening to and I think that was the appeal also but his voice is just beautiful like there was something so calming about that and again with the lyrics especially in keep no score just talking about it had some like vague christian undertones i would say especially that album maybe not his current stuff but i would definitely say that first album had some religious undertones and for me in that point in my life i was still going to church you know identifying as a religious person and but i appreciated how it wasn't outright christian music yeah but again there were those undertones so i could identify with that but then just the lyrics about like how uh, god I'm, i don't know why all the songs are blanking to me now like the titles of them but there's one about like how you were a million years of work and um, i think it's needle and thread is okay. the name of that song yeah and just really validating myself as a person you know just seeing that from like god's perspective or whatever i feel like whether there's spiritual intention or not Uh there's a there's a sense of self-respect yeah self-esteem yeah that comes from his lyrics absolutely and which also makes sense with the fact that he did the enneagram yeah songs such a good album like just a totally unique piece of work that I love. You're a two, right? I am. What was it like to... Thank you for noticing. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, two is fucking spot on. Like, Oh, I I think it's one of the... Based on the types, uh, you know, one through nine, Mm -hmm. I thought that two was about the most spot on of all of them. Yeah, I would agree. it's, It's... Nailed it. Yeah. Did it make you cry? I think I did cry the first time I listened <laughs> to it. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> we actually got to see him. We did. Uh, initially, it was a band. Mm-hmm. Uh, like his brother was in it and yeah. a, a couple other people. Mm-hmm. And then it like, came down to just Ryan. And we got to see him. Mm-hmm. What was it like to see him live? Fabulous. Like it exceeded all expectations. I was surprised, maybe not, surprise is the wrong word, more appreciative of how soft-spoken he is in real life. And I also appreciated his sort of presence on stage. Like, I felt like I was in a hug that whole time Yeah. in that whole concert. Like, I was just in perpetual hug. And that was really comforting. (laughs) And he didn't try to, like, you know how with some bands, they'll try and, like, make some small talk in between songs. I feel like he didn't really do that. And that was refreshing to me mm-hmm. because I hate small talk <laughs> and just in general. Me too. Oh, I... <laughs> like, just tell me what you're about and then we can move on from yeah. there. Yeah. I think small talk shows to me, you've got something up your sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. And you're trying to sell me something. Exactly. Now, would you differentiate small talk to icebreaker questions? Because I'm a big fan of icebreaker questions. 
But I usually, I think in a group setting. Yeah. But like on a one to one. Oh yeah. Like, I don't know. Small talk bores me. But yes. like even at like small talk at lunch. Oh with sure. Oh, coworkers that you know. Yeah. At early. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so, I don't know. I get icebreakers. I yeah. Think they're helpful. So all that to say, <laughs> I just appre- I just appreciate the fact that. He didn't try and bullshit you, you know, like yeah. he's just going to put what he has his music and play it for you. And God, it was beautiful. Right. What was great too, is he had, I don't, I think it was a quartet. Yeah, that's right. I, I believe of stringed instruments, mm-hmm. you know, that were playing with him. Yeah. Cause he plays guitar, piano. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, it was it was gorgeous. He's a wildly talented yeah. musician. Like the Atlas albums. Oh, I, yeah. There's no way you could ever listen to all of that because there's so much content there. Didn't he put out nine Atlas albums? Yeah. Something like that. Bonkers. But yearbook. Yearbook. Where that he, was another he made one. three songs a month. Yeah. For a year. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I think he has put out so much good material. Mm-hmm in a not a short amount of time but not a long time amount of time either right and that just you don't see that no and it's like really it's consistent and it's consistent but it's all unique you know like oh yeah there's no one album or series that he does that sounds like the other one right so he's he's definitely evolving yes every time and yet it's still uniquely him. Yeah, ex- exactly. But there's something uh, about his early stuff that is really near and dear to my heart. Yeah. We've kind of talked about it a little bit already. And I wanted to dive in a little bit more mm-hmm. with the lyrics. Yeah. What What is it about lyrics that are so appealing to you? Why does that matter so much? I think it boils down to the fact that I often have a hard time maybe articulating what it is that I'm feeling be that as like, I don't want to offend anybody or like, I don't want to like make anybody mad or whatever. So I, I, I sometimes have a hard time with that. And for me, books, music, if they can articulate that and it resonates with me, like that's incredibly important. And I will become a fan for life if that's the case. And I really feel like, especially with Sleeping At Last, a lot of the lyrics that he was talking about really resonated with me and were able to express something that maybe I couldn't express for myself. Was it lyrics dealing like with the self-confidence or was it something different? Um, I think it was that and kind of right around the time that I really started listening to him more in depth was... You know, it was post-college. I had no idea what the fuck I was going to do with myself. Both of my parents had cancer at that point in my life. And so there was a lot of, like, trauma that was going on. Just a sense of just being out in the void and having no idea where to go. So a lot of, like, the lyrics of finding your way or being lost or just validation in the lostness were huge for me at that point. Yeah. No, I totally, totally see that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, your dad passed away. Mm-hmm. What was that for you? 
to go through that. Yeah, it was it was really difficult. My dad and I were pretty close. He died in 2012. So he died from a cancer called uh, multiple myeloma. It's a relatively rare blood cancer, as far as I understand it. Yeah, he was a pretty big part of my life. You know, when my parents got divorced, I lived with him and we shared some, we went through some shit together. And I feel like he and I were pretty similar personality wise. Uh-huh. So yeah, he was just a good dude. And so it was really hard to lose him and I was 22 23 at that time so already just going through so many life changes and that just coupled with it was really hard right was there something in any music that you were listening to that helped you whether maybe move on or heal so something that my dad and I shared was music. He would recommend artists to me all the time. Nice. Yeah. He really tried hard to stay up with the times. (laughs) God bless him. Be hip. Yeah. Right. So he traveled a lot for work. So remember when Sirius XM was kind of like big and first coming on the scene, he had one of those crazy, you know, little guys Mm -hmm. that he could attach to his car. I don't even know what it's called, but it was like an adapter that you plugged in. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but he had one of those. So he would always listen to like the indie rock station on Sirius XM. So he would text me and be like, hey, I heard this artist. And one of those was Imagine Dragons when they first came on the scene. So yeah. um, it's time. Yes. Yeah. So he recommended that song to me. So I was kind of like, I have a weird emotional attachment to that song because yeah. he recommended it. So every time it comes on the radio, I feel comforted because I'm like, Hey, Dan, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. That's a great song. Yeah, it, it is a great song. Uh, I know a lot of people give Imagine Dragons a lot of... A lot of shit. Yeah, <laughs> and, and deservedly so, I would say. <laughs> yeah. But it's time is not, uh, I don't think, in that category. Yeah. So, yeah. That's great to hear about that song, though. Mm-hmm. We kind of skipped college. Oh, yeah, uh, we did a little bit. Whoops. You have that sleeping at last phase, and, uh-huh. and you still do, but you kind of go into this folk indie yeah. phase yep. in college, which I feel like would have made sense for any Calvin student <laughs> in some way. It's pretty on brand for Calvin. Yeah. <laughs> but it really resonated with you. Mm-hmm. It still does. Yep. So artists like Regina Spector, the Decemberists, mm-hmm. were resonating with you. How did that come about? I think, so when I was at Calvin, I was a part of the student activities office. So I worked with Ken Hefner. Which? Oh, God. What a... What a shit show. <laughs> I, how, how terrible. Oh, poor, I mean, you've got to give the guy some credit, but like Ken Hefner, he like invested so much of his heart and soul into that program. Yeah. And I cannot imagine the heartache that had to go down when, you know, the whole, you gotta refresh my memory because it was like they canceled or they stopped funding the student activity office right. essentially. And then they were going to fire Ken Hefner. Right. But then there was like that big uprising with like the students trying to save yeah. his job or alumni. So yeah, 
Wait. And then now, like, and then they wanted a part-time. Yeah. So. Or make it a part-time job. Yeah. Jack Dropper of the band that James Kessel is currently playing on. Oh. I didn't know he was playing. Yeah. He does keyboard for them, I believe. Okay. So Jack Dropper, something or other, I can't remember. But he is, like, the part-time guy for student activities now. Okay. But nobody can replace Ken Hefner. Like, the guy is a fucking magician when it comes yeah. to getting bands uh, to, to play. Like, fun came yeah. at their height. Oh. The National. Yeah. Sufjan Stevens. Yeah. Death Cab for Cutie. Mm-hmm. Like, legit bands. Not just some... Indie whoever. Yeah. Yeah. No, but real artists who were doing something different and had something like Modest Yahoo. What a phenomenal show that was. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was a great show. I bet. I want to like be Modest Yahoo because he's so fucking cool. <laughs> um, so I was on staff right. my senior year at Student Activities Office. I had two jobs. So I worked there and I worked at the bookstore. So no, you're good. Um, you can hit me up for all your textbook needs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a phenomenal experience. Like I, the best job I ever had was working for the student activities office because everybody there was super cool. And I felt like I was cool by proxy, yeah. like just for working there, even though I'm super not cool. <laughs> But I got to do, like, all the poster design for, like, all the shows that were going on yeah. or, like, other events that they were doing. So I have zero, you know, Photoshop skills, but I really tried hard. So, <laughs> but I got to go to, like, any show oh, that yeah. I wanted all to. All the shows. Which was amazing. Yeah. So, and then we also had to do, like, volunteer things. So there was this program called the Cultural Discerners, which like how Christian reform can you get, right? <laughs> Holy cow. So we would sit around this panel of like students and then Ken would be there and we would just talk about music and like what it meant to us. Yeah. So I think a lot of that experience, because I did that, I think I did that like my sophomore and my junior year also. And that kind of got me in for the senior year gig right. of working on staff. So I think a lot of that really introduced me to a lot of unique bands that I, because it was not so easy to find new artists back then, you know, like Mm -hmm. Spotify was not a thing. Right. So it's really word of mouth advertising. Especially with like indie folk. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was all, all word of mouth at that point. Right. So those artists you got to hear and see. Mm Mm-hmm. Was there something about the indie folk that drove you to be an admirer of of that music? Because it still resonates with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Again, lyrics are important, and a lot of indie folk music is more lyrically focused than maybe, like, sound focused. Yeah. And that's another thing that I appreciate about it. Again, it comes down to, like, don't try and bullshit me. Like, just give me your music and make your words mean something and then that i really appreciate that Mm. element of that it's just very stripped down in most cases not all of them but most right post-college and a lot of the the folk element is still driving but it kind of 
takes kind of a more country turn. Yeah, a little bit. And it's female driven too. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yes. Patty Griffin. Mm-hmm. Brandy Carlisle. Yep. Talk about those and other artists. Yeah. So Patty Griffin and I came into You know each other? <laughs> Very intimately. I don't know. I knew that. <laughs> Um, no, I really fell in love with Patty Griffin after I graduated college and specifically the 1000 kisses album again, cause it's talking a lot about like my favorite song chief on that album. There's a line that I like will always come back to where it talks about being an actress, you know, in some play and how she just wants to go home and like sleep in her bed all day. And that to me just talks about it resonates with me because oftentimes I feel like I wear a mask, you know, out in the world of like portraying a certain personality and like acting in life. And that line just really spoke to that part of who I am Mm -hmm. and like what I'm trying to work towards not doing, but inevitably it happens. So I just really appreciated that line specifically. But all the Patty Griffin stuff, you know, is just really on point. And I also just really enjoy her voice and her style. Yeah. She's a legend. <laughs> Have you seen her live? I feel like I did. I saw you her did. I saw her at Frederick Bar Gardens a few years ago. Okay. And she was amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. Anything on Brandy? Yeah, kind of the same deal with Brandy. I do appreciate kind of Brandy's evolution. Yeah, oh she, yeah. She did start out much more pop-heavy right. than kind of country. Specifically with like Firewatch's Daughter and that album especially really leans into the pop genre, I think. But it's a great album. But... I think that she is successful in both areas, like whether that be country or whether that be kind of the alternative side. So yeah, Brandy pretty much can do no wrong in my, in my eyes. <laughs> She's amazing. I've seen her live so many fucking times. It's ridiculous. Do you know how many? Probably like six or seven times. Oh my word. Maybe. Yeah. So it's. That's cool. Yeah, and she's always so great live. Holy cow, that girl can sing. It's crazy. Yeah, and the twins, too. Oh, my gosh. So talented. I really appreciate their bond. Yeah. So I'm reading her memoir currently. Yes. I feel like I didn't know that they existed. It just came out, so don't feel too bad. All right. (laughs) And it's... It's very brandy when you read it because there's no like specific kind of like arc to the story. Like even in memoirs, you yeah. you see an arc, okay? Right. And she's all over the fucking place. And <laughs> I that's just like who she is, I think. So I appreciate that. Why do you appreciate that? Is it the no BS? Yeah, that? yeah. Okay. It's no bullshit. And yeah. like she just is who she is. And I think that she's She's learned some things, and we, I think that she's grown into who she truly is as more of a country artist, I think. Okay. 
So, and like the High Women is also phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, so that's a great group. That's a great group. Yeah. I love that for them. Yeah. I think what's been really cool to see in the last decade is folk and country no longer being so masculine. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Or, or even, like, you, you know, Shania Twain mm-hmm. had a heavy influence in the late 90s, but it, lyrically, it's still pretty masculine. Absolutely, driven. yeah, for sure. Whereas now, I mean, Casey Musgraves mm-hmm. or, Love you her. know, yeah, any of these other uh, women, mm-hmm. they're not talking about a relationship with a guy necessarily. Nope. nope. They could be talking about mental health. They could be talking about self-esteem. Yeah. Right. And it's great. Yeah. I think country needed that. Yeah, absolutely. And I would hope that with, you know, this introduction of like less masculine focused music in the country world, those old school country gals like, you know, Carrie Underwood yeah. would maybe take note of that and hopefully grow and feel more free to talk about what they really want to talk about. Right. Not just like can some guy's car because he cheated on her. Right. <laughs> Which I mean is important, but <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Lord Huron. Mm, yes. On one of your faves. You've gotten to see them live. Many times. Yeah. I another fan of theirs as well. Obviously folk driven. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. How did Lord Huron come to you? How did they come to me? I think actually Joey introduced them to me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think so. That sounds about right. Like many years ago, kind of when we first started dating, I think he introduced me to them. And man, they're amazing. Yeah. Like I, their albums tell a story. They're very story there is a story arc that comes with their albums and that i really appreciate and find very interesting and i it's just a joy to listen to because each song kind of like plays off of each other and there's like a clear climax to the album and then there's a resolution and all of those like main story points i feel are hit in the albums so i really appreciate that plus like just have an amazing sound. Yeah. I really enjoy that. For whatever reason, it reminds me of like a Western film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that they do that very intentionally, especially yeah. with their most current album. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Long Lost. Did you get to listen to it yet? I did, yes. I listened to it, I think, the the week that it came out. Okay. What'd you think? I I liked it. I maybe didn't it didn't resonate with me as much as the previous two albums did, but I think I haven't really gave it a second listen, so I feel like I need to maybe just get more acquainted with it yeah. to appreciate it more, but I I liked it. Yeah. I I need to listen to it a second time as well. Mhm. But there is They're they're trying something different. Yeah. For sure, and I guess time will tell if it really works, but I did like that element. I like that they were just swinging for the fences and seeing what happens. It's much more electronic than some of their other stuff, I feel like. So that's that's new 
mm-hmm. sometimes I don't like new very much, <laughs> especially when it comes to like albums that I love. Right. Well, and, and what's interesting is given the pandemic, there's actually like research that shows that people have been prone to listening to what they already know. Right. And so as a, as a way of like, it's like comfort food. Yeah, for basically. sure. Yeah. And so when you are in the midst of something like what we've been under the last year uh-huh. plus, and you listen to something new, yeah, it's not so kind enticing. Of like, yeah, it ruffles your feathers a little bit, yeah. and not necessarily in a good way. Right. Anything else on Lord Huron? Oh, man. I feel like I need to talk all day about them. I, <laughs> I love them live. They put on a really good live show. I will forever have a crush on their bass guitarist because I think he's so fucking cool. <laughs> he just has like a really cool vibe about him. And I really appreciate that. Plus now he has like this crazy mustache, you know, like a Western mustache where it's like above the lip and like a soul patch. Okay. I don't know what the proper name of that is, but he can pull it off. Interesting. I <laughs> I follow them on Instagram, but I don't, I don't think I've seen the... It's on, I think it's on like some promo poster because I think that they're touring now. Yeah, or they, they released they, yeah. they released some tour dates, and I feel like that's where I saw it first. Okay, was the crazy Western mustache situation, and I dig it. All right, I'll have to check it check it out. He's like one of the only people that I think can pull off that look. But okay, full disclosure. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, other music that you got into yeah. as an adult. Rap. Oh yeah, hip hop. Like, I know R and B. There's something about listening to Cardi B at work that I find really just invigorating because I I listen to it on my headphones. Yeah. So I work in a very like quiet environment, and so for me, I just it's empowering. You know, women just celebrating women and just like all the curves and you know pleasures that we deal with and enjoy. And there's something really gratifying about that. And I don't know what it is about listening to it at work, but it just makes me smile. I think that's the, the interesting part to me is you're working. I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> just listen like, to like really inappropriate music while I'm at work. Yeah. Well, I don't care if it's inappropriate, but it's just the the connection to enjoying that at work. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't it's know some, if that would get me going. Yeah, it's something about like working for the man and like I'm just gonna listen to my lady power playlist okay, okay. and lean into it. I see. Yes. All right. I do have a lady power playlist also if you want to find it on Spotify. It's really great. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's very I've it's carefully curated, I will say. <laughs> I've been working on that thing for like years. Yeah. So what's all on there? Oh man, so many things. A lot of brandy, a lot of patty, of course. There's some Dolly Parton on there, Megan Thee Stallion, Beyonce, Lizzo. There's this artist that I've been really enjoying. She only has an EP out right now, but it's a phenomenal EP. Her artist name is Sister. And there's this one track that I'm obsessed with right now called Love Me Right. Oh, it's so good. It's like, it's very R&B. Yeah. And... God, it's cool. Like she just has a really cool sound. So interesting. I appreciate that. So she's on there. I don't know. I can't even tell you what's all on there right now because there's so many things, but it's a really great playlist. Sweet. Then there's also influence from Joey. Yes. Your husband. Yeah. What's that like? Because I, I I know of some 
artist that he yes, is into. And he, I don't see you listening to that. No, and that is true. So let's talk about that. So, <laughs> um, Air your grievances. <laughs> no grievances. Oh, just okay. Differences. <laughs> so he is into like really heavy metal, like true heavy, like Hard. slasher, you oh, know, man. like death. death metal. Yeah. You know, artists like Black Dahlia Murder yeah. and Slayer. There's this one band that see the part that I really enjoy about that element is I get to learn like these asinine and batshit band names that like death metal bands come up with. And the artwork. Oh my gosh. Oh man. <laughs> so my favorite one, there's one called Municipal Waste. That's a good one. Um, there's Agoraphobic Nosebleed, which is another one of his favorites. These batshit names that I'm like, where do you people come up with this? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. So, but yes, but he also really enjoys listening to a lot of like classic rock, you know, Queen, yeah. Elton John. So I feel like I've grown to really appreciate those old school artists more since I've known him. And he also really enjoys listening to folk music, which I think is my doing, but I'm not going to take credit for that because it's maybe not true. I don't know. But he really enjoys listening to Gregory Allen Isakoff. Okay. And so that's like his chill music. Yeah. And I really enjoy that also. So, yeah, I think that we've influenced each other in different ways. Maybe not so much in the death metal department. Yeah. <laughs> that's not my jam. But in the classic rock, I feel like I've, I've learned to appreciate those artists more. Yeah. And even like Black Sabbath, like I'll listen to some Black Sabbath for sure. Like some old school Ozzy. Great. Mm -hmm. Before we got crazy maybe he's always been like that i don't know <laughs> i just remember one of the times we went up to the cabin up north mm -hmm. he put on i don't know if it was black or death metal or, mm -hmm. or you know and just watching him <laughs> jam out it's, uh, it's it was really, hilarious it's something to behold it's the stars align like he has to have a certain number of drinks in him in order I to think like that's... really what happened yeah yeah really get into it but he'll listen to that like just while he's by himself like just working around the house yeah and we're like taking a shower or whatever so mostly the times that i am not with him because i i can't it's too intense <laughs> it's super intense <laughs> like i don't understand how they understand a single word that they're saying yeah yeah because but he knows the lyrics to them like right. they're actual song lyrics yeah crazy i know it's crazy <laughs> but i love him yeah what is it about music that we as humans enjoy why do we listen to music part of it is expressing something that maybe we are not able to express just as normal human beings every day or just like tapping into our creative sign even if it's like really maybe quote-unquote shitty music that has maybe no artistic value, but it's it taps into something that we find enjoyment and creativity through. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's why we listen to it, just to enjoy that. And it's just joyful and fun. And you get to dance around and it, yeah, it taps into something different than our normal nine to five daily lives. Right. Awesome. Well, thanks, Bethany, for doing this. Yeah, this was great. Yeah.
Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kyle Lichty. Each person interviewed has created a playlist of the very songs that have impacted their life. If you are interested in listening to their playlist, you can head straight to our website at soundtrack.fireside.fm. Click on Soundtrack Playlist and it will take you straight to their playlist on Spotify. If you like the podcast and want to know more, check out our Instagram at Soundtrack Podcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack.